This is The Turtle Reads. I am Clay Foreman. I'm Melissa Diaz. And we were talking about The Color of Magic. Hell yeah. yeah. Which is? It's the first book in the Discworld series. Um, it is, uh, main characters are Rincewind, Two Flower, and The Luggage. Um, and it is uh, it's the 40th anniversary this year of the book, which is pretty cool. It came out in 1983. Uh, Discworld is 40 years old. Yes, it's crazy. Um, and uh, so this podcast is almost like a midlife crisis for this this <laughs> novel. Yeah, baby. Um, and he uh, it's written by Terry Pratchett. Um, oh yeah, I, I talked to you about uh, him being knighted, and you were like, "Oh, that's all right, man, man, man." But <laughs> but don't rehash episodes no. that nobody will ever hear again. I mean, man, it's, <laughs> but uh, this is a different part. Uh, whenever he got knighted, he ended up uh, he forged his own sword made out of meteorite. Out of meteorite? Yeah. Are you trying to make me get on board with with him being knighted by? Yeah, yeah. Not not, super not, cool? not get you on board. Just being like, yeah, this is yeah. It was a cool part. Like he f- forged his own. Like everybody, everybody gets knighted gets a sword. Yeah, I mean, I admit that's cool as hell. <laughs> I mean, that's undeniable. What am I gonna? Deny reality, the reality that a sword made out of a meteor that you forge yourself is not the coolest fucking thing that you can do ever, probably. Of course not. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, uh, but even in that, that part's cooler than getting knighted. Yeah, but it wouldn't have, it probably wouldn't have happened unless you got knighted. That's true. Um, but yeah, and, uh, so it's written by the color magic is written by, uh, Terry Pratchett is described as an attempt to do the classical fantasy universe. What blazing saddles did for Westerns. Mm. So just say the N word a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> if there was any black people at all in the, in this world, that's what it would be. <laughs> that would have been the case. <laughs> I mean, there has, there is Nawanda land. In, uh-huh. in the Discworld, yeah, that that's their suspicious. Africa. And no, it's it's their Africa, and it's just described as a dark continent. It's pretty hilarious. We describe Africa as a dark continent as well. <laughs> Usually we mean existentially dark as well as dark, physically dark. Uh, but uh, yes, the story takes place on the Discworld, a planet-sized flat disc carried through space on the backs of four gargantuan elephants, and they actually have names. Uh, <laughs> what are their names? Berelia, Tubul, Great Thon, Tufon, I think, uh-huh. and Jarakin. Oh, I Ooh. thought at least one of them would have a, a name like Charlie. That'd be great. <laughs> Charlie the elephant. There's a fifth. There's a book of uh, the fifth ele- elephant. The fifth elephant. Yeah. What's that from? Where, it's the Discworld. It's a Discworld novel. Yeah. There's, What's his name? I don't know. Oh, is it Bob. <laughs> I think it's it is something silly. Um, yeah, the, there's four elephants who themselves stand on the shell of a great of Great Atuine, a gigantic star turtle. The surface of the disc contains oceans and continents, and with them, civilizations, cities, forests, and mountains. Hell yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a uh, Discworld. Um, we've already talked about it. I'm, I'm in a weird headspace today. I'm I sorry. can tell. I mean, you got to just talk to you get out of your system. Yeah. Talk until you're talking. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I, f- I don't know. I feel so fucking weird. 
they? Like, Why? They, like, like in your brain? Or, no, yeah, like, like. You know um, what I mean? Is um, it your brain? Is it your body? Or is it um, something from yesterday? Does does that make sense? No, it's it's my brain. Like, uh, okay, I'm just in like a. Did you wake up feeling gotta like? Gotta be on mood. And I, yeah, I guess it was. It, I had to set up a whole thing for my parents with a hotel stay, and then so I'm in like a professional mode instead of like relaxed. Like You're in the right. professional mode right now. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! I wish I could get into a professional mode. I don't like it. You don't like it? Nah. You I hate you that shit. because you're good at it. <laughs> Fucking people, man. Organized people. I'm not organized at all. This is just like, I'm like, uh. That's because you don't. No, I bet you, I bet you, if you were motivated, you could be extremely organized. I, I bet you, I bet you a, a sword made out of meteorite <laughs> that you could fucking do, that you would be. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm not a, I'm. You just don't want to be. It's, it takes so much. It does take a lot of effort. <laughs> yeah do you not enjoy organization no i, I like it i just everything in its place a place for everything kind of whenever i have everything like in my room clean and shit I, yeah i like to do like you know put the box over here all the shit but after a while man it's just like main maintaining that is so annoying yeah what what starts to annoy you the most the movement just like the pointlessness of it all yeah yeah like why why put why put the clothes in the drawer whenever I'm gonna have to take them out and wear them again anyway? Like why yeah. fold them and put them away and turn it? And like that. I've been trying to make myself do it anyway. I need to make myself do it. It would be way easier for, for me in general. Like go and get socks. It's like mm -hmm. oh yeah, all the socks are there and not have to dig through a bucket of clothes. Yeah. Well, I'm paraphrasing. I'm about to paraphrase some Buddhist shit, some Buddhist philosophical crap. But basically, that's that's one of the. Uh, core communications of Buddhism is uh, the the best way to escape the the tediousness of your everyday life is to just do it. Don't stop. The minute you stop trying to run away from it, it's fine. Yeah, it's your running away from it that makes it distressful. But the minute you dive in, fold your underwear one by one from every corner, just like the way uh, that Japanese chick on Netflix does it, right? I don't know what you're talking about. That Marie Kondo. Oh. Right? Okay. Ah, yeah, she, she was always like, I rather miss. You know, she would say just like that every time. I rather miss. And then she'd fold t-shirts for an hour, right? <laughs> you gotta be like that, you gotta be zen. Okay. Yeah, I fold my underwear on purpose just for that. I don't give a fuck about my underwear being folded. It makes no difference to me. It may, I could live in a hurricane. I it wouldn't. I wouldn't give a shit. Right. But I make myself every day. Fuck them. Fold your underwear, bitch. Fold your underwear, you stupid cunt. Fold your underwear, you fucking bitch. That's what I. That's what I tell. That's how. That's my. <laughs> that's your inner that's mantra. my mantra. Yeah. <laughs> every time I want to make myself do something, like lately, for example, I've been trying to stop myself from saying like too much mm -hmm. remember how you told me you you wanted um, to stop saying um, um yeah um. so now every time i say like i say shut up you stupid fucking bitch that's that fucking you <laughs> stupid cunt right and then i don't do it mm. i'm gonna work on that this episode i'm not saying <laughs> um so much you should uh you should try what i'm saying call yourself a uh a, a fucking asshole that's what i call myself an asshole stupid douche stupid douche it's kind of funny. Yeah. Self-abuse, when yeah, you, when done correctly, can be a lot of fun. <laughs> anyway. 
All right. So the story begins in Ankh Morpork. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How do you feel? How's your brain? I'm good. You chill now? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. always good to get a good rant off with you. Yeah. Yeah. Rant. Rant. <laughs> get it out. All right. Here we go. All right. So the story begins in Ankh Morpork, the biggest city on the disc world. The main character is an incompetent and cynical wizard named Rincewind, who is hired as a guide to naive Two Flower, an insurance clerk, which is uh, pronounced in sewer ants in, t- in the Discworld, <laughs> uh, from the Agitean Empire, who has come to visit Ankh Morpork. He's the first ever tour guide. Thanks to the abundance of gold in his homeland, Two Flower, though only a clerk, is immensely rich compared to inhabitants of Ankh Morpork. Initially attempting to flee with his advance payment for agreeing to be Two Flower's guide, Rincewind is, an, is captured by the patrician of Ankh Morpork, who forces him to protect Two Flower, lest the tourist's death provoke the Agitian Emperor into invading Ankh Morpork. Well, but they didn't even mention, mention the luggage. Right I here. I think they're they? getting to it in a sec. Yeah, yeah, that's like the next. Yeah. Moment. So Two Flower is basically the first guy on the planet with disposable income. Yeah. That's basically and, it. And decides to take a, a the, the only person in this world who's ever been like, I'm going to go just visit another country. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, a weird take on like a, a hero's journey instead of it being a hero, just being a tourist. Mm-hmm. But a tourist is a hero's journey. It's yeah. just a mediocre one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, and then what else was that kind of, uh, I said, um, like four times already. Yeah. <laughs> See, once you start hearing it, you can't, and then you can't get away from it. Yeah, it's, it, it really sucks. Um, <sighs> <laughs> oh yeah, the video you sent me with, uh, the eight characters, uh, that from the Discworld. Yeah. That, that YouTube video. Yeah. That showed me or said that the patrician has a uh, eidetic memory like he has perfect uh photographic memory yeah I had, I had no idea about that that was pretty cool that is really cool yeah that makes sense yeah I, I thought he was just like really smart and good with like spy work and shit but no he legit has a photographic memory apparently he doesn't forget anything yeah like a uh, brother yeah i forget everything <laughs> i have the opposite of eidetic memory is that a power i have the power of what were we talking about right now? That's my power. <laughs> I mean, it could be a power, like, you could, if you ever get kidnapped, you could just be like, look, I don't remember. I won't remember any of your faces. You would pass every lie detector. Yeah, yeah. Because you would legitimately be like, oh, I, I mean, I actually wasn't listening when they were given the nuclear codes. I mean, I really wasn't. I was, look, I was watching a video about the eight characters of Discworld. <laughs> yeah um but yes uh it it does come a little late but yeah two flower does have the luggage giant sapient yeah sapient pear wood luggage that's uh no sentient sentient wait is it sapient it's Uh, sapient makes sense too sapient pear wood yeah it says sentient here it is also sentient i bet you sapient was an older way to say the same thing yeah it's um sapient pear wood is actually just a type of wood on their world well, okay, so sapient has, means having great wisdom and discernment. So I guess it's a little more than just sentience. Sentience yeah. is just self-awareness, yeah. generally. Yeah, uh, yeah. sapient pear wood on, that, on Discworld is uh, a type of wood that's used, wizards use for their uh, 
staves and shit. And yeah. Yeah. S sapient, though, it would make sense with Discworld, though. Yeah. So, hmm. Okay. Um, after Two Flowers kidnapped by a gang of thieves and taken to the Broken Drum Tavern, Rinswind stages the rescue alongside the luggage, an indestructible, enchanted, and sentient chest belonging to Two Flower. Before this, Two Flower convinces the Broken Drum's landlord to take out a fire insurance policy. The landlord subsequently attempts to burn down the tavern to claim the money, but ends up causing a fire that destroys the whole of Ankh-Morpork. Pork. Rincewind and Two Flower escape in the chaos. This is basically what happened to the Bronx in the 70s. <laughs> this is exactly what happened. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's... Uh, These Bronx Italian landlords, they were like, wait a minute, wait a minute. If I burn down this house... All of my tenants that are slowly dying of old age that I can't get rid of, they're gone and I get money. And they just burn the whole fucking borough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, that is a, a crazy thing, just introducing fire insurance to people who before were like, yeah, we, our, our house falls or gets destroyed like every week. Yeah. Why would we not burn it down? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, insu yeah, insurance would actually be so not lucrative in Ankh-Morpork. No, no, not at all. It's because of the high yeah. um, likelihood of somebody's house getting burned down. It's a very volatile city. <laughs> yeah, or just flat out getting turned into a shoe or some shit. <laughs> Sorry, you have fire insurance. You don't have uh, shape-shifting insurance. Look at you, you. You're like a natural. <laughs> I'm sorry, ma'am. Uh, it is fire insurance and not shoe house insurance. <laughs> you should have gotten the right insurance. Um, so Rincewind and Two Flower travel towards the city of Quorum, unaware that their adventures on this journey are actually the subject of a board game played by the gods of the Discworld. Right. The, yeah, it's basically D&D, &D, like chess mixed with D&D. The pair are separated when they are attacked by a mountain troll summoned by Offler, the crocodile god. The ignorant two-flower ends up being led to the temple of Belshamaroth, a being said to be the opposite of both good and evil. It's basically like Cthulhu monster type thing, giant eyeball with Yeah, tentacles. that's a good one. That's a good part. And yeah. then you can't say the number eight because that's the magical you can't word. can't say eight. Most magical word in, in Discworld. Yeah, and you can't say his name, which is a play off of Haster. Uh, mm -hmm. the yellow ki yellow king. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Is it the the yellow king? What the fuck is the yellow king again? Yeah, That's it, from um, Lovecraft, uh, right? H.P. Lovecraft. I yeah. think it's the yellow king. I've read that. I just haven't read it in yeah, a while. It, and that, the yellow king is Haster. He was the one that uh, they based Voldemort's uh, "He Who Cannot Be Named" off of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the 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 yellow king gets mentioned in multiple stories. Yeah. Yeah. They they do that a lot. Or Lovecraft did that a lot. Like the the terrible knots, which are these dark, gaunt things with wings that would take you in the night. Okay. And then dog-faced corpse gnawing humanoids who <laughs> crawled out of wells and stuff. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah, he he. he did you ever some weird shit? Did you ever read Lovecraft? Yeah, we we talked about it. I did uh, okay. Red Mountains of Madness and The Yellow King. Right. Okay. Oh yeah, I guess that was like our first conversation ever. Or something, or one it of them. Was, I'm pretty sure it came up in either this one or uh, Life Fantastic. Right, yeah. Well, <laughs> they are good. Yes, they are. Um, the, the ignorant two-flower ends up being led to the 
Temple of Bell Shamaratha being said to be the uh, opposite of good and evil. Blah, blah, blah. Well, Rincewin ends up imprisoned in a dryad inhabited tree in the woods. A bunch of naked dryad people. Where we, he watches the events in Bell Shamaratha's temple through a magical portal. The pair are reunited when Rincewin escapes into the temple through the portal. And they encounter Hron the Barbarian, a parody of heroes in the swords and sorcery genre. It's basically Conan, like giant, like... That's that. That's this chick's dad, right? No, no. What's so, her name? Hrun, uh Konina is yeah, Konina. the daughter of Kohen. Oh, okay. But Kohen is like that 60-year-old dude. This right. is, Hrun is like Conan the Barbarian in his prime. Ah. Okay. Yeah, like... Hell yeah. It's big basically... buzz cut, just... Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime, gonna fuck everything up and fuck every woman in the temple. <laughs> and then take all the treasure. Except for Grace Jones. Yeah. Because she's scary. <laughs> uh, the trio are attacked and nearly killed by Belshamaroth but escape when Rincewin accidentally blinds the creature with two flowers magical picture box yeah, oh, yeah that, that was that's pretty cool little demon inside a box that paints a picture yeah but then the the and light the was light with those lizards that have the, the salamanders with the tails that yeah. collect octarine yeah. energy and then release it what makes them release it though? Did they say what? Well, um, they're connected to the, the, the like how the old school cameras. Yeah. They had like the little stands, so you would click a button and it would squeeze the salamander and it would it would. It, it squeezes them. That's my yeah, question. Yeah, and it would go set it off, but they just built up so much octarine light because they were in the temple. Yeah. That they just went off on their own. Yeah, is that like them being gassy? Is that kind of like that? I guess it's so. Basically, like a salamander fart. Yeah. That's cute. Uh, a light, a little, if. That would be weird. Could you smell the light? Dude, if people <laughs> farted and then and, and then it would be like an explosion of light, that would be so embarrassing. That would be so funny. Nobody could hide their farts. Yeah. There's no more silent but deadly. It's, nope. it's <laughs> bright and obnoxious. Yeah. yeah. Silent disco would come to mean a very different thing. Imagine. I mean, would you want to know? Like, would you want oh. that? If, if, you- because like some people are like, you know, I want to know if people around me are like farting. Like, like they, yeah. they, they, they hate that. Hate it so much. But they want to know. So they would want to know. Careful what you wish for. And then like, yeah, if you're sitting in a, a stadium and like you just State? all of a sudden like, like yeah, you're watching a Mexican like a, restaurant. A Mexican restaurant. Or, or, I'm thinking like you're watching like a football game or something oh. you're, uh, like out and about. Or you're in a Mexican restaurant and you're just sitting there and you just see like three people just all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> Like fucking Viet, like Nam is happening. You just you just like run out of the fucking place. It's like what are you, what are these people doing? Yeah, all at the same time, dude. Every place that serves uh, chili beans is gonna look like <laughs> it's gonna look like Hiroshima. <laughs> just I feel like it would we, we, we would just kind of get over it. Like after a while, everybody yeah, would course. be like, all right, everybody farts. We we could just let this out at this point. But that would be the weirdest part. It would it would be. Just explosive light, and nobody bats an eye. They just keep talking about their dog or whatever. <laughs> and your little dog is also like a little firecracker. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy, dude? Or what about like insects, right? And they're just, they all are gonna kinda look like uh, lightning bugs. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody, I don't know, maybe, maybe we should have it like that. It's starting to sound kind of fun. Yeah. 
there has to be a chemical we could put in the air that mixes with <laughs> methane that, that creates light. I'm pretty sure that qualifies as uh, domestic terrorism. So don't, do, don't actually do that. We're arrested. We're being <laughs> yeah. arrested. We're like, we just wanted to have some fun. Getting Give water light farts, man. <laughs> you get waterboarded at Guantanamo Bay, and they're like, "What were you trying to do?" And it's like you wouldn't believe us if we told you, man. But it was—I swear—it was a good reason, man. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah. So the light scares away the Cthulhu yeah. guy. Because um, it's just a giant eyeball. Yeah. But then the the barbarian fucks him up. Yeah. The well, it's pretty cool. The barbarian he was he was fighting for it with for a good minute, just chopping yeah. chopping tentacles off. But it was gonna get him. And then the light box hit the thing, goes back into the hole, and then he like kind of finished it off sort of i'm not sure what happened there honestly uh, something else came and covered the hole after the thing but smashed a few of the tentacles and he just ch- lopped the tentacles off so it couldn't like enter back in mm. okay that's what happened and Wait, then no. yeah he grabs the treasure grabs everybody calls his horse like a badass just whistles and the horse comes running and they all escape while the temple crumbles around them yeah you have to be a gymnast to be able to live that kind of life i mean yeah gymnast uh Gymnast. I guess American Ninja Warrior people are. Those are or, gymnasts. Yeah, most of them are gymnasts. Those are gymnasts. Or like free runners. Even rock climbers. Yeah, rock A climbers lot of them have gymnast good. backgrounds. It's it's all kind of in the same vein of conditioning your whole your yeah. whole body in a whole in a functional mobility. Yeah, not just bodybuilding where you want to have big biceps, but just more like making your whole body yeah feel limber. Dude, yeah. ever since I started doing pull ups, man, I feel like I want to do pull ups on trees. Go get it. It's, yeah. I mean, thinking about it. Go to the park. They got plenty. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, knock yourself out, Melissa. <laughs> uh, the trio visiting the worm, the Wormberg. Yeah, Wormberg. An upside down mountain, which is home to dragon riders who summon their dragons by imagining them, and are separated when the riders attack them. Rinswin escapes capture, but is forced by Kring, Hrun's sentient magical sword, to attempt to rescue his friends. Yeah, it's the most annoying sword ever. It's just it, yeah, it never stops. Yeah, Kring just talks and talks and is like, oh, you, uh, you ever heard of a lady in a lake giving a sword and stuff? You know how long I was at the bottom of the lake? Well, yeah, I mean, he just has stories about his heyday. Yeah, he's yeah. basically a sword that peaked yeah. in the 1500s. Yeah. He's and talking about his high school days. He's talking about his high school days, <laughs> you know, with his letter jacket and all that shit. But they're about to fight these guys, the dragon imaginers, yeah, imagineers. Yeah. But but they are these weirdly sexual, yeah. half naked, mostly naked. Mostly naked, yeah. The, you, even the guys hair. just wear like thongs, basically. Yeah. With banana hammocks, and then uh, <laughs> yeah, they they hang. It would pretty cool. They most of them like hang are really good at hanging upside down like they get these hook boots and and yeah. like walk along the ceiling and that's pretty awesome that's really optimal for a uh, room to use more of a room yeah it's, it's as if people could be up there right now and store everything on ground floor and yeah. then just walk along the ceiling yeah we should have we should have designed buildings like that although we have to evolve to where blood doesn't rush to our head and kill us I feel like if you and I were engineers, we would team up and do really weird shit. Yeah. Because we'd be like, okay, we got to walk on walls. And when we fart, it has to light up the night. It's like, let's work on that for the next 20 years. I'm done. (laughs) Make life so much more fun. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish engineers hanging from the ceiling, that. like, and then we get to be the light. People oh, yeah. hanging on the ceiling are the lights <laughs> yeah. for the room. Disco lights. Dude. You just fart, fart, fart. Everybody's we're dancing down the here. We're solving world's problems. We're, we're solving problems we didn't even know the world <laughs> had. <laughs> we're so good at this. Um, okay. Uh, two flowers in prison within the Wurmberg. And because he, of his fascination with dragons, is able to summon one greater than those of the Wurmberg writers, who he names Nine Reeds, which is actually his boss's name, apparently. Why do you think Two Flowers is able to imagine a better dragon than all of those other guys? He's just got the like a child's mindset of like, oh yeah, of course dragons are real. I read about them in a book. Yeah, and this is how they are, and mm-hmm. this is what they see. Yeah, he's just got that like childlike mindset of like. Yeah. Whereas the Imagineers are basically just cynical porn stars. Yeah, they're, they're, they they want the dragons for what they give them. Yeah, they're yeah. they're bandits who are like yeah, mm-hmm. that we. And can use them to go and steal from people and shit, but we literally imagine them. So they, they, they're like, yeah, these aren't real. That's a evil doers will never enjoy beautiful fantasy <laughs> like the good do. <laughs> That's the lesson here. <laughs> uh, he, yeah, he uh, summons a dragon. Names of Nine Reads, allowing him to escape captivity and save Rincewind from being killed in a duel with one of the three heirs of the Wormberg. Two Flower, Rincewind, and Nine Reads snatch Hrun, but as they attempt to escape into the skies, Two Flower passes out from the lack of oxygen, calling Nine Reads to disappear. Uh, whenever he snatched Hrun, Hrun was about to, like, he was going to make out with Liesa, the. They were about uh, to get it on. I feel yeah, like they were about to hump each other right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were, they were standing out in the open, so I wasn't going to say they were going to fuck <laughs> that was, right. That was more of there. a biological imperative. That was yeah. uh, two optimal physical specimens, yeah. and their bodies took over and were like, we need to make a baby with these before yeah. they... Um, for, for sure, they were, go- they're, they were going to fuck. Yeah. And uh, in comes Rincewind and Two Flower on a dragon and snatches him up, and he's like, go fuck yeah. yourself. Well, they snatch him away. Then, Their lips are inches away from each other. Yeah. He just snatches him away. It's great. Yeah. Um, and then, but then the dragon disappears. Huron is saved by Liesa, uh, but Rincewind and Two Flower find themselves falling to their deaths. In desperation, Rincewind manages to use the Wormberg's power to temporarily summon a passenger jet from the real world before he and Two Flower fall into the ocean. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they uh, somehow. Uh, Rincewind is able to use magic around the Wormberg and mm-hmm. summons a passenger jet, and all of a sudden they are two normal, hu- normal like scientists or something. Scientists, yeah, rocket scientists uh, who are just on Earth or, or from Earth, like they're from Earth. Named, I forget what their names are, but yeah, it's pretty close. It's like a, 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 you know von Hoffenhoffall, yeah, something like, like that. Von Hoffna. It's close to their regular names, but they're just like talking about normal shit. And then all of a sudden, in comes the luggage from the back of the plane, just tearing through the plane. Like all those people in that plane, whenever they got returned to Earth, died. Yeah. I got the feeling that they were also during maybe some World War II era, this yeah. this dimension. Or yeah, it, it, was, it didn't feel like it was contemporary. It, I feel like it was, probably ba- back, it was probably around 1980. Yeah, I think that's why he used the sort of Austrian-sounding names. Yeah. Because he was trying to get that in, like, leather. You know what I mean? There's, like, these little signals that make you think of an era. So, 
he had Rincewind and Two Flower be like Nazis? I was wondering. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> or or maybe not, right? Maybe maybe Austrian Jews running away from the Nazis maybe. could be. Uh, yeah, but yeah. either way, the name and the leather and this and that makes you think of right. Nazis, which is World War II, which is pretty clever way to make you go into a time period without explicitly saying what time period yeah. it is. That's pretty good. Show don't tell, that's what they say. But I was going to say something else. Um but basically, um, well, yeah, I was going to say that Rincewind, it's interesting because he sucks as a wizard. He's really just good as a translator. He's yeah. different language, right? But whenever it counts, whenever he's really desperate or near death, his magic always seems to save him. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, Somehow. Around the Wurmberg, magic's abundant. But when he's in that dryad Whenever tree. he's there, he, he was able to do a little bit. It's just natural magic he can use. He just can't remember any actual spells. Or Well, because the, the spell that he has stuck in his, his head, head is preventing him yeah. from being able to. Yeah. It's kind of not his fault. Well, of course, it's not his fault, but also. But do you think he even has potential, even if he didn't have that spell in his head? It seems like he still kind of sucks. No, he definitely would have potential because, like, whenever uh, in sorcery, whenever the um, the sorcerer's coming around through that Middle Eastern town, uh, he just fucking, like, shoots a lightning bolt into a wall, m- blows it up, and then melts the ceiling, mm-hmm. and then creates stairs out of nothing. Oh, right. Like, it's nothing. Yeah. So there's something in him yeah. that is being stymied, I guess, by the spell that he read that one time. Yeah. That's weird. But then at the in sorcery, he becomes himself. Yeah, he gets to go off and do, yeah. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. That's something, do you think that that's reflected in reality? Do you think people, no matter who you are, no matter where you start, no matter what kind of obstacles present themselves from your beginnings, that no matter what, you're always going to end up where you're supposed to be? What do you think, somehow? I, I, maybe, like, uh, that's a... Uh, um, it's, uh, what do you think in, in your, in the deepest part of your soul? That's like determinism versus like, no, no, I'm know. not saying it's anything. I don't well, want, but I'm saying like that, that's listen, kind of the Clay, idea. I right? don't do labels. <laughs> okay. That's kind of the idea though is, is like, is there determinism or is, is everything like, like, is it? Well, are you only a cog in a machine where you are purely and simply a product of forces beyond your control? You feel like there's nothing in you whatsoever. Right. Well, then why even live? Right. I, I don't know. It's <laughs> That's I, an honest I, answer. Well, yeah, no, like, why even live? I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if, uh, I, if there is like determinism or not. Like it. I don't because know, but I don't I've know what a, you mean by determinism. Determinism is, my point. is the the idea that everything is like preset, like there's there's what you're gonna. That's get, not what I'm saying. Destiny, though. and it, if you are able to. But I'm not saying destiny. What are you saying? That's why I don't want to use that word. Okay. It's I'm saying it's more nuanced than that, right? I'm saying that a person with uh, uh, their given amount of intelligence, right? Their given temperament natural temperament and values 
will drift, maybe is the better word, will always be drifting towards where the direction they're supposed to go in based on those factors and more, right? Yeah. The old, like even if somebody hurts you, right? That could, ho- that could fuck you up for a while, right? But then once you've, you've resolved, if you do, then you right back where you, you right back in that direction because you're you, right? You're still in your trajectory yeah, because of innate characteristics that aren't even in your control, but at the same time, you know. I feel like now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I've I've been uh, trying to achieve a goal for like ever, and well, what's forever? You're not that old for you to say that. Since I was 18, so that's not that long. 12 years. But what is the goal? Is it secret? Is it top secret? <laughs> can you uh, share? Be a you can general if you want. Be a writer and start my own media company. Um, okay. But but okay, well look at you. You're doing a podcast I know. about literature that I you know. like. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's 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 it's, it's what but I'm saying is you're I, not you're not a writer right where you want to be, right? But look at you. You are always headed in the direction where you're meant to be. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, but And why do you even want to be a writer? It's because you are a writer. Does that make sense? Yeah. You you don't want to be a writer. You want to be yourself. So you are always going to be trying to be yourself. You can't help it because you are yourself. But this is not even a, I don't know why this sounds motivational, by the way. I know. No, it's fine. I was just thinking about this over the weekend and you're, you know, like the second person I've even talked to about this. So that's, <laughs> that's why I, it's just, you know, that's but why I'm bringing it up. I do feel like it's, it takes a certain bit of like, uh, around you people, not even necessarily being supportive, but being, uh, uh, amenable to possibly a not not a not a normal goal or whatever but also because there's so many times where i could have just been like well i'm staying in south louisiana my whole life i'm not going to be a writer i'm going to go into the oil field or whatever the fuck and some people just but you could be a writer accept some people just accept the like if they're heading down a road towards a goal and that it's, even if it feels like that should be their ultimate goal, they just accept a, a, a little tavern on the road and stay there for most of their life. But how do you know that that's not their actual trajectory? There are many people who think to themselves, they fantasize that they want to be something that they're not because it's escapism. Right, a lot of people dream of things that they actually will never be, and they actually maybe don't even want to be. Not because they don't want to be that thing or find value in it, but because if they really think about it, they don't actually want to put any of the work in that it takes to get there because they don't enjoy it. So if you don't enjoy, if it's if you don't get something out of the process of becoming yourself, then you're probably not becoming yourself. You're trying to exoticize a, a version of a person that isn't you. So a lot of people looks like they're giving up, but actually they're giving in to who they are. Well, that would that would be some really close to determinism. It's, determinism? Yeah. But I don't mean it to be determinism. I'm, I mean it to be more... I mean, there are certain factors about yourself you can't deny that influence you. The fact that you even want to be a writer is is not something you came up with. 
necessarily, right? Yeah. It was kind of, and I know because, you know, I'm in the creative field. I know, I know what happens, right? What happens is more like the, it makes sense to be a writer, right? You look at yourself, you look at who you are, where you come from, you look at the things that you just naturally do, you naturally write, right? Yeah. And it makes sense. You just, one day it clicks, you go, I'm a writer, right? Yeah. Great, right? And now you can, and now you can be less ignorant about what direction you're going in it makes you better at staying on that road. But people around you when they're, when they're fucked up, that's what I meant by, you know, you can get trauma- traumatized or something and that can, that can hold you back, right? That can mislead you. Yeah. But then once you heal, once you resolve, you go right back on the road. Kind of like that. And it, I don't know if that's determinism. It's definitely not fatalism and I'm not being nihilistic about it. Yeah. Uh, but it is fate. But it's not inevitable. You can always not do it. Yeah. But I don't think you could ever feel good until you do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like imagine you're trying not to be a writer. Imagine you're trying to be a mathematician. No. You'd look at you, right? That no. that came out of your soul, that no. That right? That was Still that's no. guttural. I don't, I don't like math. <laughs> well, I think a lot of writers useless. don't. Math is useless. Math is not useless. Nah, fuck that. No, math is great. <laughs> I used to hate math. Listen. You take hard stances on this podcast, this is my hard stance. Math But sucks. you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. I know, I'm just <laughs> you're wrong. I was about to start crying. No, you know. Math is beautiful. Math is math is good for your brain. Math is good for writing. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's good for abstract thinking. Yeah, I, I've for sure uh, sub um, subscribed to the uh, way of the seven rings. Not fate, destiny. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Yeah. What were you saying? Uh, I'm subscribed to the way of the seven rings uh, or book of seven rings by Miyamoto Musashi. He says. Uh, yeah, I am familiar with that. Do all um. Do many things, do a broad, I forget exactly what it is, but it's basically yeah. saying you do a bunch of shit to be better at the one thing you really want to do. So yeah. samurais, they used to learn to paint and write haikus and all this shit, and they would be like, this would move over to my sword play. You know, this would help me with my sword play because I, I can I can paint a really nice picture and shit. It's fine motor skills and write and... But it's deeper than that, And right? deeper, it gets you more in a creative mindset and everything. No, no, it's even deeper than that. Because what you learn is how to funnel your consciousness through various activities. And you learn through different activities that are unlike yours what that even is, right? What it is to, to express consciousness through things, right? Yeah. You, can, you can express it through build, baking a cake. You can express it through growing a plant. You can express it through developing a plot, right? Yeah. But all of those things are the same. They're coming from the same source. And so you get to know your source better by engaging with the world yeah. in challenging ways. And then you can challenge yourself with the fucking story you're about to write. Blow everybody's mind. Do you write stories or what? What do you write? Yeah. Um, Short stories, long stories? Um, there's a few different, like, I, I want to do animated shows and graphic novels, but I have a three-part short story series that I have the copyright for. I can't get it published. And then uh, 
I'm working on a spy thriller novel and uh you ever thought of self-publication I've looked into it I'm I'm I have not had you know my SD card and shit can't really hold much and well I just recently got this laptop so I'm gonna try but uh yeah it wasn't viable for me at the time whenever I got it copywritten and shit but I sent it to magazines and they just don't send anything back not even notes so yeah most don't yeah. I did try submissions for a little while, but Wild. you can, yeah. I mean, and more than an SD card, what you need is an external, like a good little external, maybe thumb drive because yeah. those are more affordable. Yeah. And you store all your documents in there, and you can plug them into any device. Yeah. And that would be yeah, good. I need to, I need to try to figure that out. But also, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start a Substack <clears throat> soon. Uh, oh, nice. Putting up some stories and shit. Okay, you should add me. To your mailing list. For sure. So I can read your fucking stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, where are we? Um, yeah. They summon the passenger jet from the real world before he and Two Flower fall into the ocean. Uh, Damn. We th- talked a lot, but <laughs> we're still there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> luggage comes and saves them by ripping through the, t- the airplane. And then the two of them are taken to the edge of the disc world by the ocean currents and nearly carried over. But they're caught by the circumference. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so good. Uh, a huge net built by the nation of Krull to catch sea life and flotsam washed in from the rest of the disc world. They're re- they are rescued by Tethys the Sea Troll. Yeah, he's really cool. That's a, a cool character. A being composed of water who had fallen off the edge of his own world and onto the disc world. Yeah, he. That, that's a wild thought that someone fell off of one world all the way to the disc world and like landed on it. And because he's water, he didn't die, which is cool. Uh, yeah. Usually when other people make impact and become a puddle, that's a bad thing. Yeah. And then he gets bigger and smaller with the tide moving in and out. Yeah, which that's is really cool. awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, everything about that character is so cool. He's just so cool. <laughs> it's like being friends with an aquarium. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, you see little fish floating in them, and you're like, oh, that's, that's, that's yeah. some food in you. <laughs> I bet that's very insulting for that species. I bet. Sea trolls, right? If you would just start throwing cr- breadcrumbs at them so that the fish. They just have some goldfish just floating around inside you, and people are like throwing like fish feed, like sprinkling it on you. It's like, fuck off. I keep them fed. Or what about inserting, trying to insert a little scuba diver into them? And a castle. And a little castle. I'm just like, god damn it. <laughs> And uh, yeah, he'd fallen off the edge of his own world and onto the disc world where he's subsequently enslaved by the Krullians. Rincewind and Two Flower are then taken by the Krullians to their capital, where they learn that the Krullians intend to discover the sex of Great Atsulin by launching a space capsule over the edge of the disc and plan to sacrifice Rincewind and Two Flower to the god Fate to smile on the voyage. Uh, this whole time, Fate has been uh, in a battle that board game he's been uh, in a battle with lady luck yeah or just known as the lady because they can't say if you, if you talk about luck you don't get luck and she has green shining green eyes yeah but then fate has these eyes that you can't look into because you'll get lost in them yeah right or will you go insane which one is it mm. you just die one of them or something like that fate i would imagine you probably go insane because you see your fate mm-hmm. i guess so what about laughing though? Nobody has a nobody would laugh at their fate. Maybe you just you die in a stupid way. 
That would, that would be pretty funny. I would I would enjoy that if I would like Fall got to cliff. see if if I got to see my death, and I'm like as long as it's not like tomorrow, I'll be I'll be <laughs> cool. Well, what, how are you gonna know? You're gonna be looking at uh, how in your, I look, how, like looking it, for newspapers with a date on them. Nah, or look for a few grays in my beard or something, you know. <laughs> see a little bit of aging, be like, oh, maybe. Uh, okay, so I lost it a little bit of weight. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if if I died in like a hilarious manner, like yeah. if I got to see my death beforehand and it was just funny as fuck, like slip on a banana peel off of a mountain cliff yeah. or something. Yeah. I'd, I'd be like, I'm fine with that. That's, <laughs> it gets, I'll, I'll have somebody get that on camera for sure. Uh, I feel similarly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what? Nope. What's happening? Is that a commercial? I apologize for that. That was some uh, technical difficulties. For some reason, my computer just started playing a random commercial in a tab that's not open. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Dude, computers are getting so rude. They're so all up in your face. I didn't press a single button, and all of a sudden, it started doing that shit. The internet's starting to feel like a Jehovah's Witness, where (laughs) you're just trying to look for shoes or whatever, right? And then all it's like, knock, knock. Hey, do you like cookies? (laughs) Have you heard the word of the Lord Jesus? All right. um, Yeah, so they were going to sacrifice Rincewind and Two Flower to get the god Fate to smile on their voyage. Fate insisting on their sacrifice after they caused him to lose the earlier game to luck. Rincewind and Two Flower attempt to escape, but end up stealing the capsule, which is launched with Two Flower inside, the tourists wishing to see the other worlds of the universe. Rincewind is unable to get into the capsule in time and falls off the disc alongside it, the luggage following them soon after. And uh, he ends up hanging by a, a tree off the edge of the disc world. Uh, with and those cool little birds. With the cool birds. And uh, the, not death, but... Uh, um, a literal cliffhanger. Yeah, it was a literal cliffhanger. Asshole. But... Pratchett. Asshole. <laughs> cliffhanger. It's, it's the ultimate cliffhanger. You're cliffhanging off the edge of the world. It's so what? I want to know what happens. He did it like three times. He did it in Discworld. The life. Fan- he did it in Life Fantastic. That Light Fantastic. And then he did it with Sorcery. Um, you still don't really know what happened to him. Well, he went into another dimension. I mean, so it's... you say. <laughs> but what happened? All right. But anyway, that's the end of that book. Yes, that is the end of the Color of Magic. So, um, and then, oh, but then Two Flower also blasts off on the spaceship fish. Yeah, with the uh, luggage, he he does come back though. He's in the life. Fantastic. He totally comes back. They don't explain how that happens though. It's it's all just magic. Like <laughs> Two Flowers, very convenient. Yeah, it's. Oh wait, no, no, I remember what it is. Yeah, what is it? Okay, okay, so. Uh, the uh, the octavo, the book. Oh right, yeah, because it's like it doesn't want to let him die. Yeah, he has the eighth the spell. spell. Die. So it resets, like it, it shifts the entire disc world to where Rincewind and uh, Two Flower and the capsule thing end up being plopped in. It's a talking. Is it the is it the talking forest? Yes, the talking yes, forest with the trees talk. Yeah, yeah, but that's another book. Yes, to be continued. 
in the light fantastic even though we've already released that which episode. we've released <laughs> and you can find online oh, yeah. chew them chew them chew them light, light fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> chew them hell yeah hell yeah you gonna you, would you ever learn french are you gonna learn french you want to learn French? I mean, I, not like, I guess I've taken four years of, I took four, four semesters of French. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I mean, if You're I like, haven't learned that's it, it. <laughs> yeah, if I didn't learn it, then I'm not going to learn but it. But you now. are French. I, sure. I don't care. Damn. <laughs> if, if I, and if it was the same me, but I was Japanese, part Japanese, I still wouldn't have any interest in learning Japanese. It's fine. Uh, just something I have no interest in is foreign languages. The only Whoa, one really? Yeah. I, really? None at all? None. Holy moly. Um, I've never met anybody that, that said that. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm fine with English. It's English mm, is fine. I mean, it's the most. The every, most everywhere, pretty much. Everywhere. No. In fact, sometimes you'll go, you try to speak somebody's language, and they'll just speak to you in English because you sound uh, like an idiot yeah. in theirs. So yeah, and see, I'm, I don't want to. Yeah, I'll just be the the ignorant American instead of the <laughs> asshole American who's trying to do their language. Yeah, those guys are fucking worse. <laughs> they are worse, and they drive Priuses like I do. So there's something there's something to that. I don't know, but they drive Priuses ideologically. I just drive it because it was cheap. Yeah, and and falling apart. The so. only one I might learn is uh, ASL. That seems kind of cool. I learned how to I say. I was thinking about doing that too. Uh, I've learned how to say my name is Clay, but that's all I know right now. And also, you know, Austin has this gigantic school for the yeah. for the for the deaf, and that means that there's probably tons of people here who speak ASL. Yeah, there are. Yeah. One of the bartenders at the Creek knows, so I'm pretty good. I was actually thinking of running a show for deaf people, comedy show. Nice. That might be kind of cool. And you have to get. Very, there's not many comedians who know ASL. Yeah, we could learn it. <laughs> That'll be hilarious. <laughs> you should you should videotape the well, classes with the check comedians. Check this out. This was this was my idea. You go, uh, you do a show ASL. You hire an interpreter, mm-hmm. but every comedian has to do one joke in ASL. Okay. That's the deal. That's the contract. That, they have to try. That would be that would be funny, and yeah, do it a few times, and eventually you'll have some comedians who know it. But that, that would be pretty good. Yeah, uh, and there's there there are deaf comedians or yeah, comedians yeah. that are legally deaf, so have to learn ASL for yeah. you know, but because it's a disability, but they can hear and all. But they they're all in that world. There's all kinds of people. With the interpreter, I'd be careful because it's really easy for fake sign language interpreters to get in. Really. They have a whole story. Dave Smith has uh, did did this bit on his special Libertas uh, for Mandela's funeral. Uh, whenever Obama went to speak for Mandela's funeral, and it was for most of the funeral that they had this guy. He had a sign language interpreter who doesn't know any ASL. Damn, that sucks. But he got to sign for Obama during Mandela's yeah. funeral. It's like that one sucks. of the top spots you could get as a sign language interpreter dude deaf people must be living in the weirdest reality yeah in that case they must be thinking crazy shit yeah there were people who who are legitimately deaf watching that that broadcast yeah. going he's saying nothing yeah i don't know what's going on right now but there's people today <laughs> that are thinking back about remember that mandela speech when obama called us retards what was that all about <laughs> why did he say that <laughs> why why did he say kitty go poopy in my bum bum like 
<laughs> what was that all about? Do you think there was like a message there or whatever, you know? Yeah, it's, it, that would be crazy to your, you learning or reading or getting any information is all dependent on whether or not the people who are doing these signs <laughs> yeah. know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. And it could very well just be that oh they just got hired Did, and they don't know shit. They're the real victims of misinformation. <laughs> They're the, that's real misinformation yeah. shit. Damn. Dude, we're so entitled. We're just bitching about Twitter. These people, meanwhile, people are literally in t- sign languaging the news. And you're going, everyone is going to die in five days because they don't know how to fucking. That's so bad. We got to warn the world. All right. Well, uh, that was in color of Terry Pradgett's. Wait, is there any other, anything else we should mention about it? Um, I mean, there's a few, there's, uh, like a good bit of, uh, extra shit on these, uh, especially with this book because it's, it was the first one. There's a whole computer game, a text-based computer game that I've, I've been trying to get for a minute, but it's such a fucking old game. I, I don't think my computer could do it. A Terry Pratchett game? Yeah, a, a disco S- game. Send yeah. it to me. I'll, I'll try to see if I can get it on mine. You can right. play it. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, and they have the, the <laughs> movie. Um, the BBC movie that they made, uh, Color of Magic, with Sean mm. Astin and Tim Curry and all that. That uh, should we do a, a watch that was party? Fire. Uh, yeah, we should definitely do the that Patreon thing. We need to set up a date for that. Yeah. Like whenever we, we can film that and figure out how to do that whole deal. Well, we could do it by a Zoom. That way, we could save uh, time on the commuting and setting up and all that stuff. I've okay. done that with friends before. All right. And um, it's, it's okay. I've never done Zoom, so this will be an experience oh. <laughs> for me. So. Oh, my God. Thumb drive, Zoom. We're getting you into the 21st century, brah. <laughs> that that, um, that book's going to get self-published in six months at this rate. You'll see. Six months. <laughs> I am lazy. All right. Um, and then they had a graphic novel as well on off the, based off the color of magic, which was really good. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Um, graphic novel, yeah. And then... I'm looking up graphic novel right now. I want to look at it real quick. Oh, and this, look at this, some popular references. So here's some stuff to know about this book, this uh, this story in particular. The cover, the color of magic um, actually goes with the expression, comes from the expression, the color of money. And that's because Two Flowers Money plays a big role in the novel. Yeah, it basically is its own form of magic. Yeah, that's an interesting detail uh that you should know about a world that doesn't exist (laughs) yeah and then octarine you know what color that is yeah it's the eighth color of the spectrum the magic system is an obvious parody of jack vance's magic system from the dying earth i don't even know what the hell that is but i might look it up Oh, it's uh it, oh, it's best known for being the original magic system used in Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, Isn't that interesting? Oh, that comes from Dungeons and Dragons. Spells sense. have to be memorized from books, and a wizard can only fit a certain number of them in his head. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense actually. That is kind of a a role playing an RPG yeah. style kind of rule. Yeah. And there is a um a Discworld RPG <laughs> like a tabletop Discworld RPG game. Hell yeah. Um Terry or uh Wait, doesn't that make you one of the gods then if you're playing it? No, you're playing is like basically like Rincewind. Oh, I see. Okay. But playing a board game of Discworld. It, it would be super meta if you got to play a board game of a god playing a board game 
of Discworld. That would mm-hmm. be cool. Yeah. I, I, w- I would kind of enjoy that. That would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you start one game and you're like, all right, so we set it up. We're each these gods. And then you set up a second game over here <laughs> and you switch between games. Yeah. That'd, that'd be, be kind of cool. That'd be funny as fuck. Yeah, it's a way to Just spend time way on long. Earth. It would be super long. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be worse than Monopoly. <laughs> so there yeah, is that. Yeah, that'd be like if you if you were playing Monopoly, but then in Monopoly, you were like also a, a super for a hotel on one of the properties <laughs> and you had to go oh, play a awful. separate board game Ugh, that's terrible. of like dealing with the tenants. Oh my God. Now I, now I understand those Italian landlords because I just want to burn the fucking, just burn it all to the ground. So much easier. Just get the insurance. Hell yeah. All right. Well, that's kind of it. That's what I've found. Yeah. That's That's what I found about this. Pretty much all of it. Yeah. That's pretty good, though. I liked it. I enjoyed it. So what's next? Um, Next, I was thinking um, we... I, I had invited someone else to come on soon. (laughs) Okay. Um, and that was before we did like, before we lost the episode and all this shit. Like, uh, so he's been waiting for a while. So I'm pretty sure he's finished the book. Um, moving pictures Mm -hmm. is basically like the creation of Hollywood. Okay. And, and, I got you. and movie industry in the disc world. Ah, pretty good. Is it, so are they going to be a lot of those little imps, like the one in the camera? I think so. Probably, yeah. It's called Hollywood. Hollywood. Instead of Hollywood. Hmm. Hollywood. It's it, it's like a giant cult. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's great. That already sounds pretty good. <laughs> I have a lot to say about Hollywood, so. And uh, uh, I, I uh, Craig Fergola mm-hmm. got him to uh, read it, so. Oh, okay, great. He'll be on the podcast. Hell yeah, dude. All right. Our first guest on our next episode. Guys, we're going to have a guest. Woo. Don't embarrass us. <laughs> Be cool. Okay? Be cool. All right? Craig's Don't, cool. Yeah, Craig's a cool guy. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, we got our first guest. First guest. We got a, uh, another book coming up. And so... new movie industry. That'll be fun. Yeah. So, that's going to be the next episode. So, until then, thank you, Clay. Thank you, Melissa. And thank you guys for tuning in. Thank until you. next time. What do we even say? I don't know. Thanks. Bye. Fuck you. <laughs> <I> die. <laughs> That's our sign. Die.